Welcome to episode 56 of Tim Talk. Start that over? Or are we just scrolling? No, I'll start it over. I'll start it over. These already get long enough as it is. Got me bumblefuck my way through the intro. All right. <clears throat> Sip of water. I might, I might leave this in. We've only done it 55 times before mm-hmm. this. Got to know. Well, you know, I never said I was good at this. Welcome to episode 55 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kevin Dexter. And uh, a pretty awesome episode this week. We have uh, one of the classic Superman we're, villains. Yeah. And also... We're back into Batman. Batman territory. Oh my God, we can finally talk oh, about things. so good. Things we know about. Oh, Chris, it was so good. I know. It's, re- it's really, It's so really refreshing good. to have... To be excited about an episode again. I know. And I, you know, I feel a little bit bad saying that because I think for the most part, the bizarre episode we get this week is pretty solid. It's, it's better than most, but yeah. watching it with a Batman episode, you definitely see like how the quality of both the writing and the animation just isn't there. I know. Well, it, it certainly doesn't help too that it was a Paul Dini Batman episode mm-hmm. and he's just so good with those characters. It just, it feels effortless when you're watching it. Yeah. Even because it was a three-part yeah, episode. I know. We had three mini Christmas stories. It's, oh, it's such a delight all the way through. And mm-hmm. I, I, but I wasn't, I didn't, huh. the fact that I still enjoy Bizarro after having watched that episode means Bizarro is still actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think if on any other week if we didn't have a Batman to compare it to, a really good Batman, really good. Really good one? Good Batman. Uh uh, but it was... It was also the intro to the new... Oh, we'll, we'll save it. I know. We'll save it. <laughs> we'll save it. So, I'm so excited. I know. I know. I have so much to talk about. Uh, but first, do you have any news? I have little to none. Um, I have a, a poster that's staring me in the face. So I'm not 100% positive if this is official. I'm going to guess no, since you haven't seen it before. Yeah, I didn't. I uh, have heard of it. But I had a friend send this poster to me. We'll post it on the... Instagram. You'll post on the Instagram. At some point, yeah, maybe. No. no, I'm going to start making a poster uh, of the Instagram. It's a <laughs> giant piece of garbage, basically. It, uh, it's, it's like, for, for fans that under, trying to explain this over an audio medium, for fans that understand what like a Marvel vs. Capcom poster looks like, where it's just full of characters and chaos, but it's like controlled chaos in those posters, because I assume you haven't seen one of those covers. No. Okay. They're cool. Okay. It's all the Marvel characters and all the Capcom characters there, and it's, it's a fighting game. Uh, This is like a really shitty high school or graphic design project attempted to make one of those and just like didn't it's Chris. There's so much wrong with this poster. You you haven't actually even said yet what the poster is. (laughs) I I forgot. (laughs) It's it's for uh, Avengers Affinity War. Avengers Infinity War. I, I mean, maybe it's real. It's I'm not seeing it on. Kong movie. I'm not seeing on Geek Tyrant on io9. So my friend sent this to me a few days ago. So if it's not there, then it's not real. It may not be real. Because the, the, the one thing, looking back at it now, the one thing that definitely makes it feel less real is the Guardians in the corner. Because that's definitely pulled straight from the... That's m- the cover. Yeah, of uh, one, right? Uh, no. One or two. Of two. two. He's, got the, he's got the scarf. And the, the, okay. the bearded cap was definitely... a. Because they've d- from they, they co- did, the Comic Con poster, yeah. Because they did do the Comic Con poster, and I think everything that's on there is from that. And actually, that might explain why the the like what are they, the acolytes of mm-hmm. uh, Thanos at the top look kind of weird. Because maybe those were pulled from other places. Because I don't yeah. think they were on that Comic Con poster. Either way, if you made this poster, you should be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> Not only because you confused me, but you did a bad job at at, at doing something. 
it's pretty bad. Like I, I don't mean to uh, shit on things as hard, but uh, when I I'm mean, if, if it's something I'm this excited for, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Mm, it's not good. No, I'm I'm looking through here and I'm not finding it at all. Oh, I found a link to a whole bunch of really cool superhero art that's coming out of New York Comic Con. There's some Batman. Oh, don't even here. get me started. So, so you've uh, been to New York Comic Con? I have. Right? It's great, yeah. and I'm sure it's exploded since then. Because I went. I think the last year it didn't sell out. Okay. So this would have been five-ish years ago. Okay. All right. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah. There, there's a, 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 a company that I follow on Instagram called uh, Box, or Box Lunch. Have you heard of them? They make I really cool. you've told me about okay, them. Okay. They make really cool nerd merch. Um, they have a, a cartoon pop-up shop that's opening up right outside of New York Comic Con mm-hmm. where, like, each room is a different, like, theme so you have like the warner brothers you have like the looney tunes room the the hanna-barbera room uh like the the like the classics room so it's like popeye and tom and jerry and all that i'm just like it i i couldn't open my instagram today because i was so because i i know so many creators and like talented people that are going to be there then it's like i it's that like con crave that i miss oh i'm sorry which is dumb because i've been to three conventions this year which is more than any other year i know right but i i still get it though because i I feel like new york would be a cool (laughs) con to go to i like to go at some point yeah um oh yeah i told you that we we missed the window to apply for professional yeah we're not professional san diego next year so that kind of podcast won't count based on the reading that Mm -hmm. i read uh so we have to go like normal people next year that's sad but maybe we can not forget to try and apply for Actually, I guess if we apply for one, we could get pro passes for any of them, right? I think as long as you have a... An, an F- Anything that's in the, yeah, the yeah. SDCC family. Ooh. Yeah, so WonderCon, maybe. So maybe... Um, oh. They still do ApeCon? I don't know. Whatever that weird I, I one was. I don't know. I know we're too late for Comic-Con. I'll have to look and see how anything... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any news? Uh, uh, barely. My fake news. <laughs> I, barely, um, I did see a rumor... That, Ooh. that more potential fake news. I know, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, two two basically rumors here, but they're kind of amusing. Uh, one is some casting, not for anything DCU, but for uh, the Gambit movie. They're looking to cast Mr. Sinister, and apparently they're looking at maybe Daniel Craig. Okay, that's fine. It's weird. Maybe, I mean, is, is Channing still playing Gambit? Oh, fuck, you're right. Because if so, then it might be like they were well together in Logan Lucky and so they're like hey let's do it again yeah, let's, or like, that could be chemistry. further proof that it's just pure speculation someone's just like oh they worked together once let's put this rumor out there yeah so either I don't know either way that would be odd that that doesn't seem like something Craig would do I mean he's so resi- he was so resistant to come back to Bond because it's just such a huge clusterfuck I can't see him signing up to do another big studio project like that again I mean maybe he like it said it was a one-off villain could be, yeah. I mean, most of them are. So, I don't knowing that... the X Men universe, especially oh, the one off X Men universe, yeah, well, there's that... a high chance there's not going to be a sequel to this. Probably not. Another rumor is that maybe Gore Verbinski might direct it. I don't know. He directed the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's I good. I like one and a half of those. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's true, isn't it? That one and a half of them. He's good. I, I forget what he's done lately. I think he did like a, like some sort of like psychological drama with Dane DeHaan. I think that's the last thing he did. I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, that might be interesting. And I did read uh, one other thing, um, that apparently the name, the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe... I, I heard about this. ...isn't real. Yeah. Like, it originated in a, uh, an EW article back in, like, 2015 that someone, like, made that as a joke. Like, the DC Extended Universe, like, trademark as a joke. And then it just stuck. Mm-hmm. I guess they're actually called DC Films. I don't know 
actually what the in-house like title for it is. Right. That's super funny though. Yeah, because there was talk about like none of these films act outside of like the Justice League movie, none of these films actually connect. Oh yeah, there's all this back and forth. I, I mean, that's God, what the studio is saying. Oh yeah, like all well, of these are independent. I think, except when they come together. Yeah, I think what they, what the implication there might be is that they're going to worry less about trying to make them all super closely tied and like piggybacking off one another. Yeah, that they might after Justice League really settle down into just doing films that exist in a tonal similarity. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, they're. I think I've brought this up before. They're far enough away from each other location wise that they don't really have to worry about that too much. I mean, no. Aquaman's going to be in Atlantis. I assume he's going to be in Atlantis. Or like on a coast somewhere. Mostly for the next movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman, you can continue doing historical pieces. Yeah. Or you can bring her back to Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyborg can I don't I know, had, go to Robo World. We're still, we still making that movie, apparently. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I think... I'm actually okay with that. I'm okay if they are focused more on just kind of letting those movies Minus exist the fact that own. Gotham and uh, Metropolis are, you know... Oh, they'll just fucking... Part wreck- of the same Metroplex. They'll just wreck on that. Yeah. Super fast. No one really cares. So That's, that's the only Flashpoint change they make. Well, I mean, that, that's funny Metropolis thing, sets itself up on the other coast. You're right, on the other side. Now it's just connected to Central City. <laughs> but actually, that's a good point. What the fuck do you do with Flashpoint, then? Because... Like, the whole thing about Flashpoint is that it's almost like a civil war in the sense that you would have all the other characters in there. So mm-hmm. then, are they still... Oh, fuck it. I don't know. Yeah. It's impossible to know at this point. As we always say, we hope they're good. Yep. But we're going to assume they won't be. <laughs> we're going to get our hopes up, but not feel very much about it. No, exactly. <laughs> ambivalence from here on out. Yes. Check them out if you want to. If you don't, we don't care. I saw I still have a little bit of my soul that can be crushed, so I'm excited. That's true. Yeah, mine's gone. Mine's been gone a long time. Yeah. I never really had a soul to start with, actually. That's fine. Yeah. Not everyone needs one. No, I'm just a robot. Just Are you cyborg? I am, yeah. I'm cy- I've got, do you have it, Alfred? Are you going to tell I'm, Alfred that you've I'm got cyborg, it? I'm cyborg, but uh, the difference is that I have a, a slight personality chip thrown in there. If, o- if only just minuscule. Just the tiniest bit. Yeah. I love how... It's also I mean, why we can't make concrete decisions on this podcast. It's, it's mean. It's mean to just like make fun of an actor for like trying. But I feel like when they said you're a cyborg, his response was okay. So be wooden like a robot. And I mean, we're, we're also we're basing it off of a single line that he says. I know, but there's like there's no personality to that whatsoever. I know. I know. I I, I hope it's the trailer just picked a bad scene of him. Because it literally is, we only have, everyone is basing this horrible acting off of a single line. A single says, line. But it's also an indication. Four words. I've got it. Yeah. Four yeah. words. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I guess in the rest of that trailer, do we, we don't really, Aquaman doesn't really say much, does he? He says woohoo. He says woohoo. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but you get, you get his, pers- you see him more. You get his personality we, we through get, his We get his personality and we get a few lines from Wonder Woman. We've seen her before. And we also know the guy behind Aquaman and we kind of assume. Yeah, sure. We know Jason the characteristics Momoa. from then. Yeah, from we've seen a lot Jason of the Momoa. Flash. We get, we get more from Jim Gordon than we do from Cyborg in that movie, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's J.K. Simmons. I'm sure he'll be a fantastic yeah. Jim, Jim Gordon. He's a higher, he's a higher or bigger name. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be garbage. I'm quite certain. But until I'm then, hopeful. Until then, until then, we have new Batman adventures. New Batman adventures, yeah. Um, speaking ooh. of speaking of Gordon, uh, did he look like super decrepit in this art style to well, you? Yeah, he he's much thinner in this. He, yeah, he, like, he looks much like older. Sickly. Too. Yeah, because he. I mean, in the old one, even Gordon was he was kind of a big guy. Yeah, I mean, they all kind of had that broad chest that comes back in Justice League. 
Yeah. Um, but this one, like, they gave him, like, this, the, like, a very curved back. Yeah, he's kind of diminutive. It, it looks like, like his, his jacket's a little too big for him. Uh, hang on. I think, I think Yogi might have stolen one of my socks. Give me one second. Is that my socks? Is that Brandon's socks? Oh, gosh. We're not going to cut this out. Uh, so we have, so we're back in new Batman adventures, which I, oh my God, it, Chris, the art style, this might be my favorite art style of all of the Timverse. Okay. You're talking about the art style. Okay. Cause it's <sighs> so just the opening scene. So it's, uh, what's the name of the episode? Jolly holiday or something. Holiday nights. Holiday nights. Um, just the, the very first thing we see is, um, you have the, the shot across the city, mm-hmm. uh, but then it, the first section is about uh, Harley and Ivy oh, trying yeah. I to... I forgot that it was them. I was so happy to see them right from the yeah, start. Yeah, uh, was trying to see that. It was They wanted to have like a fun Christmas shopping spree. Mm-hmm. And it's the very first thing they do. It's so minuscule, but it's uh, I, or Harley slamming the window shut. Or maybe mm-hmm. Ivy. I don't remember who. Uh, it's Ivy. Ivy slams the window because okay. Harley wants a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. And okay, Harley's not, on not down for that. Yeah. Um, just the... The action in that, I don't know which studio did this, but it was, like I said, it's so small, but it's all of the characteristics that make up like comedic animation were put in that little thing. They had like the squash and stretch. They have the overaction where they like, she goes up before mm-hmm. she goes down. Um, like the big slam that she kind of like, she jumps up in frame. There's all these little things that like really, like you, when you see this, you definitely can tell like, these people come from comedic cartoons. Yeah. And that, I think that plays through a lot more with this style where it's like BTOS was simple, but this is like minimal character line. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's basically just shapes. Yeah. Which is awesome. I guess that makes sense. Cause what I'd write about is part of the reason they did the design change was, uh, these designs are all a lot cheaper to do because mm-hmm. they are so much simpler like even you know it's a joker like his eyes went from being like like all the characters went from having like fully expressive eyes to like more simplistic eyes yeah uh but everyone is like very uh sleek and simple and minimal and it's just so after watching superman i know and this yeah, is so refreshing for me it is and if i recall i think the superman animation is going to start getting a little bit better mm-hmm. too because they're kind of like bringing them towards each other um, yeah, no, I love the every, uh, I love all the designs in this so much. Like some, some are bigger than others. Like we see like only like Montoya and Bullock got just like slight redesigns, basically just took their same characters and just put them more in the kind of, I guess, blockier, would you call it? Yeah. Style of this, but they didn't do any sort of drastic changes. Mm-hmm. Um, huge improvement on Batgirl. Yes. Yeah. I think huge improvement on Clayface too. Yeah. He looks, well, cause the first Clayface still looked humanoid yeah and this one does too this one looks like plasmus from teen titans oh right yeah with the head kind of built into the shoulders like there's no like there's yeah the head's like more squat it's not like this dome yeah on the top of uh, it. It like a pimple before. So good. i know it uh, does it does look great and i have uh i think i've mentioned this before uh with superman and with new batman adventures i'm coming in cold i've never seen these episodes before Oh fuck! You've never seen any of these. No. Oh what? But oh, this I have is such a treat. I have oh, my God. memories of these toys coming out, and I remember seeing mm-hmm. these commercial. Like this is the start of my cartoon 
like obsession. Well, yeah, that makes sense. This was, would be ninety-seven, mm-hmm. so I'd be four when this show started. Okay, so yeah, I'd be old enough to maybe actually recognize this stuff. Yeah, now. and I'm sure like you're no longer a zygote. Yes, I'm sure like Burger King or McDonald's or someone had toys of these because I remember owning a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like those little sparks are coming back as I'm watching this. And yeah, it's right. Kind of nice. A little little moments of your childhood just kind of drifting in. Yeah. Oh my god. I know it. It does look amazing, and even the the plot of this one, all three of them, it's really fun. Again, we mentioned it's Paul Dini. Like you can see it in there. The fact that we start with Harley and Ivy together, and their whole scheme is that they're gonna kiss Bruce Wayne and put him under mind control. And now, okay, how do you feel about them immediately then going on a shopping spree? It, it felt right for Harley. For Ivy, it felt a little weird. She she was kind of yeah, um, like put in the back burner because Har or because Harley has such a strong personality. Yeah, and I think at this time she was probably more popular. It it I mean it's it's a it's hmm, it's super cliche, and you you know that if they were doing an episode like this now, they wouldn't use that plot line. It's a fun montage of them going through the store and like oh trying on the different God. outfits. It, it felt. I want to say Hanna Barbera. I, I, could, I couldn't remember if it was Hanna Barbera or Winnie Tunes that have like montages in this style mm-hmm. where it's like all of the different color overlays that come in and kind of oh, add yeah, to I the think, music. I think a bit of both, even maybe. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. It, I mean, it looks great. Yeah. It feels like a classic cartoon. Yeah. It's with very like playful. A, a more upbeat art style. And it's so. Chris, I really love this I know, art style. It's, no, it's absolutely fantastic. And it's. Uh, it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Like Bruce kind of pretends to fall down an elevator shaft so he can like switch over to Batman. Yeah. So so they are. It's not really mind control because he's fighting it. That's true. They he it's has just kind to of like a body they, stasis. Yeah, he has to do what they tell him to do. Yeah. Yeah, and he's ju- he's fighting the whole way through as he's like carrying bags and signing checks and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that was kind of off putting for me is seeing Bruce emote. Yeah, he's always weird. very stoic and yeah. Bitos. It, you know, it's funny. If they had done this same story in the original style, I think it would have looked really, really weird. I wouldn't have liked it as much. No, I, I think because it is just a little bit more cartoony, um, and I think just you, you put that kind of that grimace on the more like soft, doughy face Bruce Wayne, it would have been a little bit bizarre. Yeah. This could have, honestly, this could have been a segment in an Animaniacs episode and would have felt perfectly natural. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Plus, I'm just happy they finally put Bruce in a proper suit. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, he, you don't miss the brown? I do not miss the brown and beige, double-breasted f- fucking carpet that he's walking around in. Yeah. I hated that suit. I hated it so much. But did you happen to catch where Batman chases them into, what the store was? No, I missed it. It was Wacko Toys. Ah, uh, yeah, I know uh, that was that was really that was a good. Good, good thing I talked about Animaniacs a second. I know it, it, it was really good, and there's a, like a quick little fight, and they're also like really beautifully animated because they're it's dark, so they're all in kind of muted gray shadows mm-hmm. all the way through. And I feel like it's funny that it's a blockier style, but like Batman's movements feel more fluid. Yeah, here. so they they definitely the the only scene that I can remember. Or that I've seen from a uh, new Batman before is like a villain trying to punch him, and he has this like almost snake like movement where he goes under the punch, yeah, uh, and I think that's like the perfect description of this art style. He's mm-hmm. like almost serpent like 
with the way yeah. he moves. I think I feel like part of the difference too Snake is Man. Snake Man. <laughs> Those aren't ears; they're fangs. They're fangs. I feel like part of the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like part of the difference here is that they do more stuff with him underneath the cape. Yeah. I feel like before, the cape was always kind of behind his shoulders. And here, he feels... One, I mean, he's just drawn a little bit leaner. I mean, he's still broad like a fucking brick shithouse. But mm-hmm. he, he's more alive. And I feel like having him kind of have the cloak over him and sliding around like that, it feels more like what Batman would do, which is he wouldn't be like a, this huge presence necessarily. It's more advantageous for him to move quickly and fluidly. Yeah. And also, it, it's great for the animators because he's yeah. in silhouette. Basically, when you see him, when he's fully covered in his, uh, in his cape... In his uh, snakeskin? In his snakeskin. He is all black, and you just see the eyes. Yeah. So there is, like, that's the easiest thing you can draw as an animator. It's just all black. Yeah. It, it looks fantastic. So I think they get to play around more and not have to worry about keeping, like, proportions and, and anything like that, which you have to worry about with, with Superman and Betos characters. Yeah. And it, and it makes sense, too, because, I mean, we, we've talked about the fact that although the overall style of Beatos is amazing, there are a lot of episodes that are really poorly animated mm-hmm. and that they do feel weirdly disjointed and they're inconsistent in their, in their style. And here they're so consistent, you feel like it does almost give them more freedom to have more movement on screen. Yeah. And maybe, like, a little more personality, too, I think. Because mm-hmm. I guess there really aren't a lot of other cartoons that are drawn quite like Beatos. So that's part of what makes it so distinct, but I think also it makes it hard to... Hard to do, right? Being so rounded like that. Mm. Uh, so this, so this ends in the big fight scene in the toy store. Yeah, and then Harley finally gets a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, he he it's drops pretty, a Christmas tree on them. When yeah. this when this segment ended, I honestly thought that was the entire episode, and I would have been perfectly happy. You would have been really like content, it, it fades right? to yeah. black, and I'm like, wow, those 20 minutes just flew by. And you're like, guess what? There's more. Guess what? There's another segment, and this time we get Montoya, we get Harvey, we get. Dressed Santa. up as Santa. Oh, God, I feel so bad for those uh, kids. I know. <laughs> They're, like, on a stakeout. But, the, you know, what a I like... snake out? <laughs> snake oh. Man saves the day. Oh, my God. These references are starting to rattle me a little bit. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. <laughs> this I, is why we're not getting professional <laughs> passes, Chris. It's all my fault. I'm sorry. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> so, Oh, sorry. It even ends with the the Looney Tunes circle. That was the. Oh, last that's thing right. It does. Yeah, on the Harley's face. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is, I love, I love when we get to Bullock and he's he's uh, dressed up as Santa on the stakeout. The little girl hops up in his lap and he realizes she's the daughter of a guy he like just put away. Mm-hmm. And this might actually be the nicest we've ever seen Bullock. Oh, absolutely. It, and it's weird because he's. I mean, this is a, a a third of the segment, so this whole thing is what maybe eight minutes long. Yeah. He's in it for. Less first, than half of that. Yeah, the first third. So this is a grand total of I mean, like two minutes of Bullock on screen. I feel like we got more out of him in this two minutes than we did in all of Btos beforehand. Yeah, even and he had episodes. a whole dedicated episode. Yeah, but I think here's where he works better because it's like he he is kind of gruff, but he he does have a softness to him, and he's kind of sweet. It's like he gives a little girl like five bucks. She's like, oh, can I buy anything? It's like, yeah, just not hacks off your dad. Yeah, and it's like, ah, oh, it's just a really it's a really sweet little moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then around the store where Barbara's also at buying a tie for her dad, of course, a whole bunch of little thieves are stealing stuff. And so we quickly figure out that it's not kids. It's Clayface. It's four parts of Clayface. Yeah, Clayface all coming together. Um, and I think he also looks great here. Mm-hmm. 
too. Like when he when he attacks Batgirl and like he switches over and like he brings the blade out and slashes at it, or even later on when he's like saying, "Oh, I can disappear in the crowd," and he shifts from himself to Bullock's face to Montoya's face. Yeah, that animation is this gorgeous. art style fits him perfectly. Yeah, because it like like I said, it's very fluid, and he is just a blob of fluid. Yeah. Well, here he looks. More rock esque, yeah. Whereas before he kind of looked more turd esque, mm-hmm. weird teeth, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think everyone in this episode looks amazing, yeah. And then, um, I mean, it all it all wraps up pretty quick. What do you think of the new uh, Batgirl design? Loved it. It's amazing. Right? I, I I really enjoyed. Uh, she gets like hit in the back. She gets like cut in the back. Yeah, and it like gives her an even shorter cape. And oh I'm yeah, like, right. All right, whatever. A little cape. Yeah. Also, I think a huge improvement going to Tara Strong. Yes. Because again, Cause from, I love her. I mean, I mean, she was only in three episodes of BTOS. So you know, for me growing up, this is the v- version of Batgirl I knew. So like, I knew that voice, knew Tara Strong voice. Go back to the original. I'm like, that doesn't work quite as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I did, so the the very last line was kind of off putting for me because Montoya or Bullock is like, all right. Day's done. I'm oh, gonna go. Yeah. And Montoya's like, "Oh no, you still have to get the evidence." And I'm like, "Is that that's something in the police's like? Are they allowed to just dig into his body?" Mm. I feel like that's yeah. I mean, I like, I, I I I think like invasion of privacy is past this point when you're arresting them, and I'm sure it's different for a man that's not made, solid, made, made of clay. Yeah, I yeah. guess you could. Uh, yeah, that's. Ooh. But I still felt weird inside thinking about because he also like rolls his sleeves up. Yeah, like and he's... doesn't put on gloves. Like that's disgusting. Bullock. Ew. You just had a bunch of kids Ew. on your lap. Ugh. I mean, at least it's not the other way around. Yeah, I mean, more disturbing. Do you think the GCPD has to, like write in like special rules to regulate like how you can capture a superpowered criminal? I'm sure. Yeah. Like if they're made of clay, you're allowed to like because they unloaded a them. full round of bullets on him too. Oh yeah, they did. I, I do love too when they're going to take him down because he he's fallen into the like onto the the ice skating rink, so he's in water, and then there's like a, a Santa sleigh above him, and Montoya's like, "Oh, shoot the Santa!" and Bullock dresses Santa's like, "Wait, you wouldn't?" It's like, "No, you idiot, that's Santa." Yeah, it's really it's uh, really fun. The other thing for this for this, it, this, I think this is the shortest segment. I think so. Yeah. Um, when they first realize it's Clayface. While they're still in their Santa garb, Montoya just pulls out a revolver. I saw that, yeah. With a bunch of kids. Like, there's still a line of kids waiting to see Santa. Yeah. And they just see an elf pull a gun. Yeah, that also meant that Bullock was sitting on Santa's chair. Kids are sitting in his lap, and he had a gun on him. Yeah. It's kind of fucked. A little bit. Yeah. But then again, this is Gotham. Right. So These kids have seen worse. And also, we're now on the Kids WB, so the rules about child endangerment are gone, which is why we can now have a young Robin. That's why I got Tim Drake. Yeah. I think they can do blood now at this point, too. I don't think we see anyone bleeding in this episode. Well, in the next episode, we see Batman get shot. Yeah, that's true. Which I don't think we had. We might have had it in one episode. Well, that's something I did notice about this, too, is that the... it's So it is broader... It's more cartoonish, but it also felt like the stakes were higher. Yeah. Like, I'm not, and I'm not sure specifically. I think maybe that there was some rules about the types of guns they could have in BTOS. I think that they were. Yeah, because it was a revolver, which I thought was odd. Yeah. She pulls out. I feel like they were restricted to, I feel like the villains were restricted to machine guns for a while. I think the cops always had revolvers, if I recall. I mean, they they had like normal service pistols, but I think she had a, I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to try and talk guns because I know nothing. Oh, I don't know shit about them either. Some of them are black sometimes. So, most of yes, the time. Yes, sometimes they are. That is very astute of you, Cameron. Yes. 
most of the time they have unlimited ammo. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Except when they need it. Yeah. <laughs> Except when there needs to be some sort of moment of peril. Yes. Then they're out of it. They go skidding across floors very easily. They're slippery. That's why they're so hard to shoot, yeah. right? They're basically made of they're, ice. They're designed to slide away from you as fast as possible in any sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, get, I, have, I understand guns. Yeah. I know, get it. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. You've seen movies. Yeah. You've seen cartoons. I, get, I have a good idea of this. Yeah. But uh, so, but it, it, the, yeah, I mean, we see Batman actually gets shot at. He gets clipped. He has a bandage on. I don't think we ever see him get hit at all in BTOS. Mm-hmm. And just the the violence across the board seemed to be like ramped up a little bit. But I think to your point, because it's made a little more cartoonish at the same time, it seems like they can kind of get away with it. Yeah. Like it's not phantasm level. Because he also like just walks the bullet wound off because we see him in the next scene. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll start, start at the fine. beginning of the episode. Yeah. It's so this is the Joker Eve. segment. Yeah. New Year's Eve. Uh, the Joker interrupts a football game to uh, give a resolution. I loved his resolution. Yeah. He wasn't going to kill for a year. <laughs> So to make up for that, he's going to kill everyone tonight. Everyone. That's so very Joker. Like, yeah. that, that's, that's very Joker. That's very Paul Dini. I absolutely love it. Uh, one thing that threw me off for a second there is that Robin's in this. Yeah. Which, so, I mean. New Robin. New young, Robin. Yeah, so. Younger. This, less tights. I know. I guess longer tights. Longer tights. More tights? No. He had long tights on before. I guess they just weren't green. Yeah. He, yeah. Or new now, Robin, now they're not New green. Robin has no green on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this does take place after uh, both Sins the Father when we meet Robin, but then also Growing Pains, one of your favorite episodes, the Clayface episode. Because mm-hmm. I forgot that that's the episode that reintroduces him and like says he survived his last encounter. I guess they talk about that. Okay. Um, and also introduced the fact that he can like send off little kid versions of himself. Yeah, too. I thought that was so, kind of odd that he now had that ability. Yeah. So again, I think it's sometimes a weird production thing. Um, like if everyone considers this the first episode of New Batman Adventures, regardless of the fact that it doesn't work continuity-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get I, I love these in there, too, because I love, I love New Robin. Yeah, and also, like, it's the same with Betos. They both, I mean, Betos you had on Leather Wings first, but the next episode was their Christmas episode. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do love to start with a Christmas episode. I mean, it makes okay. sense. That's uh, usually about the time when new seasons start back up. Yeah, that's true. It's around that October, I don't know November. if we ever get an actual... I'm sure we get a Superman Christmas episode. I mean, we get our, our favorite JLU Christmas oh. episode. No, that's a birthday episode. Yeah, there's the man who has everything great, is a birthday episode. There's a, there's a great Justice League Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Superman's birthday. Got yeah. it. Problem solved. Um, but yeah, the Joker's going to detonate a sonic bomb off of like the Times Square ball drop equivalent. Yeah. Um, I guess this is where also like the, the tension was wrapped up too because like... It, it, people actually die. Like I, the Joker actually kills. Like I think his yeah, victims you see are him, dead. Yeah, because before they would have the laughing gas and then just go to the hospital. Yeah, we or we'd get the Andrea moan. Yeah, but we don't have that here. Like, yeah, these, now you see them. They're frozen. They're dead, dead with the smile. Yeah, which yeah. I'm I'm glad they do that because mm-hmm. he he feels more dangerous here than he does in a lot of the other ones. Absolutely, which is funny because maybe it's the rest of the world is now as arc- as cartoonish as he was. He was always a little on a higher level in the previous stuff. Yeah. I mean, they have to be because his plan to stop Batman or to slow Batman down is he throws basically Guy Fox masks yeah, of his masks. face and everyone's just okay with this it. This is all put on. Which I, I like, love. Hmm, how should we go into the new year? By wearing the face of the terrorist? <laughs> the terrorist is always here. And also... I love that that was his, his plan, but then he's also on stage playing the piano with his goons around him. Like, it's not like you're really going to hide in the crowd. It yeah. slows them down for a second. 
there was a small moment that I love because as Batman and Robin get there, they see that's what's going on. Um, this is a great like silhouette shot of them like repelling down inside the building, talking to. But they get on the ground and they spot the Joker, so they're leaping through and they leap onto a bus. And Batman just leaves up it on lands. I don't know if you caught this. The Robin leaps, but he kind of like collides onto the side of the bus and like hangs off of it. Oh he's, no, I he's not that. like well trained yet. I mean, one, he's shorter, but two, he's not trained yet enough to like land fluidly yeah he, he kind of like stumbles with through it's a really small little moment but it's a great yeah, i also noticed uh before they uh jump off the building that robin is like balancing on the ledge yeah. he's playful because he's a kid i mean yeah we got a little bit of that from dick but dick was still what 20 i think we kind of estimated mm-hmm. yeah this i think this robin's like 12 or 13 i think 12 yeah right around there so it's it is really really fun and even um even the way it all kind of wraps up where so like what they all they're all fighting the guys the joker like clips batman's arm and that's oh no the joker comes up and hits him over the head with a, a champagne bucket mm-hmm. and then i love how batman diffuses the bomb yeah just pouring the champagne on yeah. it well not only that but he he hits the joker such that when the joker pops champagne bottle the, the cork, cork goes up into his face yeah him. hits him in the eye yeah he, he shorts it out and i think that's when the, um it's after that that he gets yeah batman he gets, gets shot gets shot um, but even then the, the whole thing comes apart and that massive bell comes like sliding down and there's a fantastic moment where Joker's just like, Oh no. Yeah. Cause he knows it's going to happen. And I mean, yeah, it's, it, this is straight out of Looney Tunes. He gets pinned underneath a giant bell. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, expe- I wasn't expecting him to actually like get pinned under it. Yeah. I, I, I was expecting it to like cage him. Yeah. Like trap him in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, and he, maybe Batman was going to like hit, like ring the bell. Ring it's it like happy new like years. That. Yeah. It's, I, I forgot. I forgot how big of a tonal difference there was mm-hmm. that this in weird ways it's, we keep saying this, it's more, but I also feel like it is a little bit more mature. Yes. Too. Like it feels like it's, we're bridging, we're getting more bridging towards like justly just mm-hmm. limited. And then of course it ends with, I think one of the best moments in the whole series. Yeah. With, um, uh, Gordon goes into like a, a diner. Yeah. Uh, and he gets coffee with Batman. And apparently that's like their tradition. Yeah. The new year's Eve tradition. Like we we were just talking with Trevor last week about it's the little moments that you're not going to see happen in like a, a feature film, but mm-hmm. they do it here, and I think that's one of the best ones. It shows their dynamic that it's just like they recognize they're just constantly in this together all the time. Yeah, and they even say like, "Well, hopefully we do this again next year," kind of acknowledging that it's totally possible they won't, and mm-hmm. they both know that, and they're pretty much okay with it. Yeah. Ah, uh, plus there's like that great little thing where it's like gordon turns to order a slice of cheesecake and he turns back batman's gone and he's left the money mm-hmm. one of these days i'm gonna beat him to the check it's, uh it's such a sweet moment it, it's a great moment uh i was gonna say did you catch the two voices in this episode or in this segment um no uh all three goons were vo- were voiced by ron perlman okay and one of them okay i know one of them definitely sounded like mm, him because yeah, he's obviously clayface yeah so. he did all three. Oh, that's awesome uh and then the carolers uh it was bruce tim and oh. then uh, two other people, two oh, other fuck. producers. That's right. I did read that, and I forgot it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because I think it's designed off them, too, right? I think so. Like a younger version of it. Oh, yeah, their characters. Oh, yeah, of Bruce Tim, uh, Glenn Murakami, and Shane Glynn's Glines. I'm not sure who those other two are. But, oh, it's, mm, it's so good, man. It's a great way to start us back into the Batman world. I know. I feel like we... God, <laughs> if we missed it. I, you, can, you can kind of... I can feel that we're so much more excited this week than we have been Oh, my God. Back. Yeah. But then... God, 
gonna have to talk about Superman in a second. You know, but I, I will say it was better. I, yes, it is. It is an improvement. Um, but you made a point. You've made a point over the past couple weeks that like Lois doesn't show up in jail or JLU, and I think this episode is kind of the, the finishing touch for me of like good because they don't understand her at all. No, no, they don't. And we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, before we get there, befitting your attitude towards Superman, our sponsor this week is Saint Anger. Oh. Yeah, so maybe you can go and guest and <laughs> voice your frustrations. I have something to say. This show isn't as good as other superhero <laughs> shows. Yes, it is better than others, but it does not live up to my expectations. It is only a B minus, maybe C plus at times. With characters that I usually enjoy. <laughs> but God damn it, do they not understand women. Ah, uh, no. No, they really don't. So here's their clip. <laughs> I'm Paul there, and I've got anger issues. Convenient fees on Live Nation. That pisses me off. People who drive slow in traffic. That pisses me off. Dropping things. That pisses me off. So what do I do to manage my anger? I have a podcast called Say Anger, where I have a guest on every week. They tell me what makes them angry, and then it's like this little therapy session. It'll help you out. It sure as hell helps me out. So help me help you by subscribing to the Nerdist School Network. Ooh. <laughs> you should go check that out. I'll be on there eventually. You'll be on the, yeah. My anger. There, there's a lot of things you get angry about. I feel like we can find something for oh, you. I I, yeah. I, tr- I try not to get angry. You know, but I, I lose that fight way more than I win it. We'll we'll just have you go on, and we'll have someone say something disparaging about Scooby Doo. That's and son then of a bitch. Just step away. Just <laughs> step away for an it's hour. Not, an no, hour I have. I, I don't think it's them saying something bad about it. I think it's them saying a wrongful fact about it. Like. Oh, like the introduction of Scrappy like, Doo made like everything better. Like misquoting something. Yeah. <laughs> no, not not anything like that. Like saying like, oh yeah, the first Scooby Doo episode was like 1974. The, I'm like, you shut your goddamn mouth. You know it was 1966. The, the famous catchphrase: "If it weren't for you meddling adolescents." <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, Bizarro. Yes. Uh, He's here. I love how it starts with fucking Tommy climbing up on top of the power pole. We we have we were back in our PSAs. We are. Well, okay, here's the thing that's Don't kind of, do dares. Don't do dares. Here's the thing I think is kind of interesting about this. So I, I do like the way this episode is structured. That uh, initially we see Superman going around and like he saves the kid. He goes off and he like falls behind a police chase as a, a guy gets thrown over the, the cliff in a car crash. And then he catches it, and it's Clark. Yeah. That's actually really clever, because like, I forgot that's how this episode started. Even if you knew it was bizarre, you weren't necessarily expecting that. So I think it is clever way to set things up. I also love that this, this uh, like version of Superman is also super flirty with Lois. It's like, oh, how about we go out on a date? Oh, yeah. And she, even she's taken it back. Like, normal Clark would never do that. But Normal what, Superman would never do that. Exactly. Superman, excuse me. What I do think is interesting is... In those few moments, that's actually not Superman. That is someone's perceptions. Well, specifically, it's Lex's perception of what Superman is like. Yes. Because it even felt like he was extra Boy Scouty. Well, that's that, the one line that I wanted to bring up was after he saves piece of shit, piece of shit Tommy and Fuck he flies Tommy. off. Fuck the, you, Tommy. The, the kid that dares Tommy to do it, he's like, Superman's really lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. Because it, it, he was just a little bit more. There, the normal, which it, 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 that's interesting. The whole idea is interesting that um, 
that version of that Bizarro before he gets corrupted is what someone thinks Superman is like. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the, the essence that got down there, which was uh, an inclination to always save people all the time. Mm-hmm. And then also an affection for Lois. And Bizarro makes reference to having memories, but he doesn't reference any memories of Clark. So it's not like there's some sort of weird, crazy bullshit about like memories being inherent in DNA. That was stuff that was implanted in his brain. So this is Lex basically like, oh, here's what I know about Superman. He's a big fucking Boy Scout. He saves everyone all the time, and he flirts with Lois Lane all the time. Yeah. Interesting he would include that in there. I mean, we know they did date once. That's true. They did he date. He is very spiteful. Oh, I mean, he's super spiteful. He leaves her to die, like, multiple times in this <laughs> episode. Um, but, yeah, so now Bizarro pre-transformation, Superman is flying around, but he's, like, starting to, like, turn And he also doesn't know that he's not Superman. Right. He that was something that I thought Superman. was interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, not unlike uh, Robo Batman. Right. Who thought he was Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a, here's a question. I guess we can save it at the end, but we'll, we'll save it now. Do you think this is better than his Silicon Soul? Only because I like Bizarro more. Yeah. I think I'm coming in with a bias. No, I agree with you. I like Bizarro more. I think this feels more natural. I mm-hmm. feel like there's, there's, I mean, there's a decent amount of heart to both these episodes. I maybe have to go back and watch Most this. of them do self-sacrifice endings. Yeah. So, yeah, I might have to go back and rewatch his Silicon Soul at some point. But yeah. I, I, this one felt a little bit more fun to me, maybe. I think I liked it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I, here's a question for you. Another question. Uh, so he starts to molt. They get into a fight. He gets knocked off the side. He goes in the shadows. Uh, Bizarro then steps out, and he's, like, fully kind of gaunt and weird and Frankenstein-looking. He's white. His hair's disheveled. And all of a sudden, somehow, his Superman suit, which was before perfect, is it's now purple. It's now purple, and he's got this weird distorted symbol. Yeah. Did it bother you at all? They just did that? Do you like they did the character design change? Do you like they just skipped over trying to explain why his costume looks different? I would have... So we see him, like, like the skin start to get lighter and, like, st- it's, like, peeling off or something. I would have liked to see him just, like, like the full cocoon just, like, shatter. Okay. Or even just, like, have the, the remnant on the ground where he was. Just something to show that there was a transformation that happened. Yeah, because it just kind of happens. Yeah. I mean, I guess I like that in try and shoehorn a way to explain why his costume is different. Yeah. I guess I'm just glad they just did it. But it also did kind of bug me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, did it... <laughs> what did you think about how they named him? It was the, like... I feel like that's how every name happens in a, a superhero movie. Yeah. It's like someone's like, oh, you, you're weird. You have claws like a stupid Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yes. That's what I'll call myself. Oh, look at you with your visor. You only have one eye like a cyclops. Oh, hi, Gene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just, Everyone's too scared to give Gene a name. Just, <laughs> no one can make fun of her. <laughs> Psh, why don't you go? I, I mean, the one that I always wanted, the stick, that obviously was a joke and not meant to stick, was in the first X-Men when Wolverine's learning everyone's names, like Cyclops, Storm. And then Professor X comes in. He's like, let me guess. Wheels. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I wish that one stuck. <laughs> Wheels. Wheels. <laughs> what was that? That's from a, a Family Guy. No, it's not. It's from, yeah, it's from Family Guy because it's Brian and Stewie. What? Uh, they make a, like a fake investigation company and it's like someone in the wheels because Stewie's character is in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. 
I thought that's what you were referencing. I'm sorry. No, I was referencing <laughs> the uh, the original animated series theme. The oh, okay. And then it just pops up. Wheels. 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 Yeah, because they had all the like, little character things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, unsurprisingly, it's Lex who's behind this whole thing, because, of course, it has to be Lex. Of course. Um, Bizarre keeps going around asking me am Superman, his, his famous catchphrase. Um, but then I, I kind of like the sequence follows it, because he, he breaks out of the lab, because he's confused about who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's determined to still try and be a hero. And he, yeah, he, yeah, like you said, he wants to be a hero. He's, mm-hmm. he's doing what he thinks is best. Yeah. It's just, he doesn't understand how the world works. Well, yeah, because he, he's like, his mind is degrading, right? So he thinks like, it's simplistic. So he sees some, a building getting wrecked. It's like, oh, I'll save the building, not realizing it's, you know, a construction crew. But like, I love that like, he like throws the crane. Mm-hmm. Superman has to fly off and catch it. Yeah. And save it from crushing a wedding. And then he... Uh, At least it wasn't a baby in a stroller. It so. was not a baby in a stroller. Hey, give him credit. It was not a kid eating ice cream in under, the middle of a street. <laughs> under a giant falling balloon. Yes. Uh, and then <laughs> the second Jimmy. one... The second one was a bridge opening to let a boat through. Yeah. And Bizarro sees it as the bridge breaking. Mm-hmm. So he keeps it shut so the boat can't pass, but the boat can't stop in time. So Superman has to come and stop the boat. Yeah. I, I like all that. Yeah. Because it, it shows, it's really not setting up, up as a, a villain. He is an antagonist. He's causing problems. But he, he actually genuinely means well, not just in his own warped sense of what is right, like most villains. But like he, he's doing what he is right. It's just his actions are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then uh, uh, Superman is trying to kind of get ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So he knows that him and Lois have a date. A date. The roof so, of Daily Planet. So we see Lois. PM. God, why on the roof? I don't get it. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, it's, he just he just shows it's up. a Daily Planet thing. He shows up there. I have another thing I need to complain about, Chris. You know, go go right ahead, Cameron. Why you, don't they get a better away. fucking base for the giant Daily Planet <laughs> globe? Because I've seen that thing fall more than anything else in this I, series. I had a note about that, too. Yeah, that, so. I mean, in this series, I think this is the first time. But it, basically, in every iteration of Superman, the globe has to get knocked off. It has to. Yeah. It's a requirement for it to be a Superman show. I know. It's actually impressive, I, I think, that it took five films before it happened. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I think uh, it was the finale of Smallville, right? Well, that's re- when he first... In Returns... He grabs it after yeah. the earthquake. Sorry, but... I'm, I'm, I'm doing two separate... I, I jumped. My mind jumped. Okay, wait. It happens in Smallville? Does he, say, does he grab the... I think it's the very last episode, because I think oh, that's you know I think when he like, right. first learns he can fly, is when he catches it. Let me look this up. I think so. Oh, wait, no. That's Unless not. I just made up a Smallville episode. You, you probably did. Um, I, I dream about it most nights. Uh, I know you do. I know you do. I have things to talk about with Smallville. Ooh. Um... Every time we talk about anything Superman related, we have to talk about Smallville. Yeah, so it's the <laughs> me, it's the most mediocre. It's the only common reference point for both of us. That's we true. have, um, yes, he does. It's right here. Yep, Daily Planet catch. Is it the finale? Um, Did I, I hit it on the nose. It, mu- it must be. It must be the finale. Because I think it's right before he gets the suit. Um, do, 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 do. So I remember the finale. Like, the oh wait, no, 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 no! It's uh, he's he's the blur. He's still in the black oh, okay. suit. Um, it looks like Lois is tied up onto a cross, um, in Smallville with the S painted on her, a la the original uh, episode thing one. back yeah. in the day. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, Clark is going super fast around the flames, which gets on fire, mind you, uh, to save her. 
He, he rescues her. I think this is before she knows who he is, so he just leaves her in the middle of a field, uh, and he runs back. The Daily Planet, very crappy CGI version. Uh, it's falling. Clark is running. Eyes super intense as he's in his version of Speed Force, running through a really obvious CW set where everyone is standing still to accommodate him. I'm not done. It's almost there. Uh, <laughs> he, oh, he leaps. He can't fly yet. He leaps yeah, yeah. up. He can't he fly to the last episode. It's on fire, but he has enough momentum to then continue to go up onto the top. He's basically flying at this point. I mean, you, yeah. But, yep, he did do it. He did save it. So right. um, it happened in Smallville. It was not the finale. It was uh-huh. back when he was still a black suit blur. Oh, and this ends. This ends with him opening up a box from Martha, and it's the actual Superman suit, and it's one of Superman Returns suits. You can see it. Oh, so it's the second to last episode then. No, no, this is like season eight because he's oh, in the black it? blur suit. But see, there's the Superman. Okay, yeah. He yeah. had the suit for like two seasons before he ever actually oh, put okay. it on. I know. Um, I couldn't remember. Uh, back to not Smallville. <clears throat> yes. Back to what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> yes. So, oh, yeah, the, uh, obviously, like, they get into a, a tussle, and Superman has to grab the globe. So he can't capture Lois or save Lois because mm-hmm. then Bizarro's like, let me show you where I'm from. Or no, he takes her on a date. Yeah. Yeah, she agrees to go on a date with him because she wants, you know, a Superman scoop. She, she realizes that he has all of his mem- all of Superman's yeah, memories. Yeah, he's like, oh, memories. Yeah. Hello. Um, and that's, that's the, uh, the constant for Bizarro is Superman saves Lois. Yep. Like that's, like you said, it's one of his three pillars of Superman reality. Yeah. And I, I do love this next scene too because they go to dinner and like we, we – we see a whole bunch of like running out of the door of the restaurant, and then we kind of pan over, and we see that Bizarro just flown through a hole. He just flew through the wall and made a hole. Yeah. So then uh, he mentions the lab, and Lo's like, oh, take me to the lab. And so like, use the door this time, so he flies back out. And just, it breaks the <laughs> just door breaks open. breaks through the door. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I like it. Um, yeah, so one of my notes was, uh, Lois, can you do anything in the series? <laughs> yeah, it's not... Uh, I mean... Okay, let me see if I can play devil's advocate on this one. Hang on. Okay, mm-hmm. so she is on her way to follow the police chase in the beginning. She's driving, not Clark. Um, also, Clark was not wearing his seatbelt because he flew out he of that He flew window. out of that thing, no problem. Yeah, God damn it, Clark. Safety first. Safety. Come on, Boy Scout. I know. Psh, stupid bastard. Uh, they just don't wear seatbelts in Kansas. They don't have them yet. No. So. Um, so it was the 90s. The 90s. Oh, my God. So... Didn't have lap belts. So she's driving. So she's on the scoop. Clark's like, oh, I'm just going to walk back. And she's like, okay, whatever, small vlog, get the byline. So she's still being proactive, trying to chase in the story. More proactive than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, she accepts a date from Superman, because why wouldn't you? She proposes the rooftop. She ain't afraid of no heights up there. She's very comfortable up on top of a building that so has she forgot her jacket. no real railing for whatsoever reason. Um, and even when Bizarro shows up, I guess the first time he does grab her. She, she falls off the building, and he saves her. Mm-hmm. But then she convinces him to take her to the lab. So she's still being proactive. She's still being inherent to her character. Yes. She senses a story there, and she's putting herself in danger to find it. So they get there. Um, what happens once they get there? Uh, Bizarro, uh, or uh, Lex decides that this wasn't worth all the money. Oh. So he just is going to blow up everything. And he just reveals his plan. Yeah. Like, he can't, he ha- he's not going to get away with this, because not only does he tell Lois, like, oh, I like got some Superman's blood off the dinosaur for the episode, but that he offers to give her a ride out of there before he blows up the place. So he's just confessed. But she left her recording device back, so yeah. she doesn't have any concrete proof of this. I guess, but I mean... 
you would think he'd be better. Like, is he that arrogant that he just can just tell her the plan? Because even if they blow up the facility. I mean, Chris, they did date once. No, that's true. The things he's whispered. But I mean, okay, even if they blew up the facility, it's my turn to get on a rant here. No, go for <laughs> you it. You can't have all of them. If they blow up the facility, even if they do that, you could still go back to the site, dig through, and probably find enough equipment to be like, oh, there was some sort of like genetic testing going on here. Enough stuff to be like, there's something fishy happening. It seems pretty brazen on his part to just throw out that he is willfully generating clones without that person's permission. Now, we can maybe also assume like cloning technology is so at the forefront, like so just starting out that maybe like laws haven't been written yet to like dictate what you can and cannot clone. This was before the sheep clone. Uh, no, Dolly was the 90s, wasn't it? I want to say late 90s, though. Uh, let's look this up. Do you want to uh, like complain about something while I look this up? Do you have a um, like, criticism? Well, I, going off of that point, I think you're right because we always see um, Lex telling his plans to Superman because uh, he, he uh, shows. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, born wrong. July 5th, 1996. Okay, and I'm sure this episode is right around then. In Scotland. Scotland. So it it, it would have been. In Sean Connery land? Yeah. You can only say Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I can only say Junior. <laughs> This is uh, why. This is why. If I ever have kids, I will never name them Chris Lowe Jr. You're just gonna name them Junior instead. Yeah, if I, like, I, like, like whoever I'm married to must forbid that from happening. Junior Lord. Because I would just, I then kids' entire life, he will just hear me yell across all Junior. I mean, you could just fake a Scottish accent your their entire life. Until <laughs> the first time I go out in public, I speak with a normal accent, and kids are like, "Wait." We had what? a kid in high school what? do that. What the fuck? What? Really? They yeah. faked an accent? We had a substitute teacher. We had a crazy teacher, a, a theology teacher named Miss Young. Uh, and she had a sub come in. I want to say it was our junior year. Mm-hmm. One of the kids in my class uh, with, the, with the sub decided to put on an accent. I, want to, I don't remember what accent it was. Okay. But he put on an accent the entire time they were in class together. How long was this? Uh, like four months. Holy I shit! Say. Like, like most of the second semester. That's commitment and then on the to last, a bit, right yeah, there. And then on the last day, told her, and she's just like, "Get the fuck out of my classroom." Did he actually tell her? Just walk out, like, "Oh, hey, bye," and just use a normal. He, voice? he probably just on the last day. I think he just used a normal voice. Oh my god! Because she probably could tell that it was a fake, unless he was doing a really good. Version. He wasn't. He wasn't theater. Okay, so it was actually a pretty solid accent. Yeah. I was gonna say, if it's if it's bad enough, a substitute teacher may not just be like, it's not worth it to call this person out. I'm just gonna let them keep doing this. Yeah. And see how long it goes. <laughs> That's amazing. But he he was one of the people that that would do that. We had <sighs> we had a whole day dedicated to him. I you know what he deserves that. I I respect anyone who will put that much commitment to maintaining a bit. Yeah. That's what our school is all about. We're just maintain the bit. Just commitment to a bit. Yep. Oh, our school was known as the daycare. It was great because you guys were all just so childish. Yeah. Oh, that all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lex reveals his plan. Bizarro is not having it and decides to just blow everything up. Yeah, bust that shit down. Uh, Superman comes. Um, and then what does he do? Uh, he tells everyone to leave. Yeah, Bizarro has smashed up the place enough that they can't disable oh, yeah, the self-destruct. He, yeah, Bizarro blocks the door. Superman, yeah, Superman comes <clears throat> to just open it up. It. Everyone gets out below us. She gets trapped with some rocks. Superman goes to save her, and Bizarre realizes, oh, right, like, this must be the real Superman because he saves. Because Superman saves Lois. Saves Lois. Yeah. With that foreshadowing. Like, I know that. So I think, you know what? And then it ends with him getting blown up. I, I, I'm going to defend Lois. I agree with you. They don't know how to utilize her effectively. But I'm going to say at no point in this episode does she go against her own character. I don't necessarily like the fact that she gets um, trapped under like a bit of rock and just gets, Oh my God, my leg, I can't get out of here. That's a little cliched. Mm-hmm. And you could 
make a whole argument about the fact that uh, Bizarro only sees her as a damsel in distress because that's the only way she's really portrayed in this show. Yeah, there's something to be said there. But um, it could be worse. We've seen worse Lois episodes. So, that is true. We have seen worse. Yeah. But I do. I really like that last little moment when Bizarro's holding the rock, letting them escape, and he's like, "No, I'm Superman." Like he he recognizes that he's he's not Superman. He's he's a nice guy. Yeah. Bizarro. He's just a little misguided. Poor him. Woe is him. Oh, I'm getting a phone call from Alec. Alec, I'll call you back in a moment. Um. Yeah. That was that was the end of, of Bizarro. Oh. Well, and um, I did look it up. Because I was like, did he, did he survive? He does make a, a brief appearance in JLU, but he doesn't come back. Yeah, because he's, he's in the, the evil Justice Friends. Yes, the evil League of Evil. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my first, for some reason, Bizarro is one of those heroes or villains that's just always been there since I have memory. Yeah. Because I remember when I was very, very young watching Super Friends. Yeah. And he was one of the, he was like the, or it was him and Lex were the main Superman counterparts. Yeah. Well, you, you would re- have memories of him all the way back to 1958. Oh, would I now? You would indeed. Are you going to give me some knowledge? I know. Look, look how cleanly we did that. Oh, wow. It's if almost like we pointed, planned if something. If I hadn't like pointed it out, it would have even been better. Um, his first appearance was Superboy number 68 in October of 1958, but it's worth noting that that issue actually came out in August. Because, uh, I mean, it, that version of the character was created by Otto Binder and, and George Papp. And it's like a teenage, it was in Superboy comics. It was like Bizarro Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the adult version appeared in a newsprint ran comic by Alvin Schwartz in August of 1958. So he claims he created the concept of Bizarro first. And the whole idea was that he is the mirror image of Superman. Um, and it all has to do with like some Jungian things. Maybe it's Freudian. Fuck it, I don't know. And he's got a B on the chest instead of Superman, which I guess is like... Bizarro. Bizarro, yeah, which is a little silly. Um, but then, you know, in 59, the adult version with the S as we know him appeared in Action Comics number 254. And that version was uh, created from a duplicating ray. Like some scientists pointed a duplicating ray at Superman and it created an imperfect copy. But the character became really popular really fast. So he appeared like 40 times over all the different Superman stories for from, like, 59 to, like, the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that's, that's a lot for, like, a recurring villain. He was really, really popular. He kind of appeared in everything. So yeah. that's why you would have seen him in, in Super Friends, because he is kind of one of the most famous ones that he appears everywhere. Um, <laughs> so I guess a, a later version of him was created also from a duplicating ray, but this time by Lex Luthor, create a new bizarro and in that version to get rid of him lois creates a bizarro lois and the two of them fly off i've i've i feel like i know this story from yeah, something like they fly off together and form bizarro world yes where they have a kid who is born that looks perfectly human mm-hmm. but he's deemed a freak on that planet because everyone else is all weird and bizarro looking um so, some series has done that because i feel like i've seen that animated before that does sound kind of familiar, but I don't know what it would have been. Neither do I. It's not this, obviously. No. It wouldn't have been Super Friends. It would I mean, if, Brave if, and the Bold? if I have memories of it, it would probably be Brave and the Bold. I can see that being a thing in Brave and the Bold. They do kind of weirder plots mm-hmm. like that. Um, but so they're, they're kind of different versions. Because like most versions of him, um, he is a mirror of Superman. So he actually has Superman shirt on, but in reverse. Yeah. And if I recall, I think in Injustice, they actually do a good job of that, where he's created in a lab, and he, like, flies off, and some guy meets him. It might even be the trickster, because he pairs up the trickster for a little bit. 
meets him and puts a Superman shirt on. I'm like, oh, you look like Superman. You're just like him. And Bizarro looks in the mirror and the shirt's backwards. She's like, no, 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 that's wrong. So that's why his shirt is reversed is because when he looks himself in the mirror, it looks like Superman. Right. I don't know if that was ever in any other version of the comics, but to me that actually makes sense more so than it just mutating or being a weird bee. Yeah. Um, but some versions of him have the reverse of Superman's powers. He has like ice vision. And heat breath. Heat breath. Oh, and the best one too, he has vacuum breath. Yeah. Yeah. So he, instead of blowing super hard, he sucks super hard. We're going to skip the crass joke that's really obvious. Um, I'm proud of you, Chris. I know. Look, look at me. I'm proud of you. He, he has, let me see if I get this right. He has telescopic vision, which allows him to see a short distance behind his head rather than a long distance in front of his head. Oh, I didn't get, know that one. That it, was it gets good. better. He has microscopic vision, which allows, uh, he makes objects actually smaller to everyone rather than appearing larger to everyone. But that's some weird Superman power. I don't know. Um, he can only see through lead. Yeah. Rather than except lead. And, oh, he can shoot x rays out of his eyes. Interesting. I guess also, doesn't Kryptonite give him like a weird? I get, I makes him stronger. I think yeah. Some versions Kryptonite makes him stronger, mm-hmm. and Yellow red, Sun Red Suns give him more strength. Yeah, and like in Yellow Sun hurts him. Yeah. Um, obviously, this version it's just a clone of him, and I think that version has also appeared in the comics mm-hmm. too. To my mind, that version makes more sense. Like it, the comics, I guess, is more fun to have a mirrored version, but obviously, the idea of a botched clone. I think it works really well here. I don't know yeah. if this is the first iteration, but I think it's been used subsequently since then because it makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot. There's also one point. Uh, oh, my God. There's so many ridiculous stories. Hang on. So many. I'm sorry. I just keep going here. That's fantastic. Um, uh, in a post-crisis version, he gets his name because Lex sees him. He's this weird clone. He's like, he's a, he's a bizarre... Oh, forget it. And that's how he comes to Oh, that's, that's how he even worse. Oh, so that's sorry. even worse. Um, he... Every time he exerts himself, he like his body crumbles, like he dissolves. So he turns to dust, and his dust falls into Lucy Lane's eyes, Lois's sister, and she's okay. blind, and the dust cures her blindness. Sure. <laughs> uh, another version once kidnapped Lex's daughter and tried to launch her out of a rocket, a la Kal-El from Krypton. Mm-hmm. Well, his name is also El Cal. El Cal, of course it is. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, the one fact that I know about him. Yeah. But didn't, didn't Nicolas Cage name his kid Kal-El? Mm-hmm. I wonder, if he named that, I wonder if he named the other one El Cal. I hope so. I really hope he did. Um, Just playing very blatant favorites. Yeah. Uh, one version of Bizarro that was like the, the animated series one, I guess it came from a Batman-Superman crossover where the Joker somehow got Mr. Mixius Pitlick's powers, and he creates a version of Bizarro that has that. Okay. Yeah. And then you've read Red Sun, right? <clears throat> nope. You're For just keep shaming sake, me. Cameron. Okay. I have that on my shelf. You're taking it with you. <laughs> And you have homework. Nope. But it's actually really I fun. don't want to. I'm, a, really I'm a cool kid that sits in the back and doesn't do my homework. It's really cool. It's uh, what if Superman grew up in the USSR? Yes. Okay, I, I know the it's cover. It's Mark Millar. It's, mm-hmm. it's honestly, it's, it's short. It's really good. It is probably one of the most quintessentially Superman stories. It gets his essence better than almost anything else. And it's this weird Elseworlds thing. It's actually really good. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to send it with you because I highly recommend you read it because it's excellent. But also you should fucking read it. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Um, and then, of course, uh, Bizarro's in Smallville. He is. Yeah. He was, like, some weird Kryptonian experiment that, like, bonded with Clark's DNA and, like, came out into the real world. And mm-hmm. he had, like, the whole crackly face. I don't remember. We had a brief... Uh, I don't... It was kind of an attempt at a Bizarro, I think. It might just be, like, another Superboy story that I just don't know about. But in Young Justice, Superboy has to fight a better Superboy clone. Oh, Yeah. Um, and the the only thing that would make me think that he's Bizarro is uh, he sees his reflection in his pod, 
and etches a backwards S on the pod, so it looks like he's wearing the Superman mm. logo. You're right. I think you're right. I think there was. But then they put him back in stasis, and you never hear from him again. Yeah. Maybe we will. Who knows? Maybe we will. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And then I guess um, he's one of the characters Brian Singer was interested in using in the uh, Never Happened Superman Returns sequel. It would have been him and uh, Brainiac. Ooh, I would like that. I would like that, too. I would actually like to see a, a Superman film um, with Metallo and Bizarro, which I think would be kind of cool. I don't know. I'd like those two villains. Yes. Um, other thoughts on Bizarro, on Superman, on the gorgeous art style of the uh, new Batman adventure. I, I think I've, I've talked myself out. I think, I think that's everything. Oh, are you all tuckered out? I'm all tuckered out. Are you just going to go slither off to a nice warm space and, up, uh, and take a little nap? Maybe? Shut up, Chris. Cur- curl up around your eggs? What do you have to plug, Chris? <laughs> um, I'm ending this bit. <laughs> uh, I'm sad that I ever started it. I know. How dare you? I'm going to do it until it dies. It's dead. So, okay, good. Said. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, something we we neither of us plugged last time. We enough Kingsman. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we yeah. went to go see Kingsman: <laughs> uh, The Golden Circle. Yes, we, we talked about it a little bit. What did you? Real quick, what did you think in comparison to the first one? More or less same in terms um, of how much you enjoyed it. I compare it to uh, Kickass Two. I think it's better than Kickass. It 2. is, but in the sense that it's. Them just trying to repeat the first one, okay, but at a lesser scale. I, think I enjoy it. I, I really that, like it. I think it's fair. Um, for me, the what it reminds me of is Guardians Two, which I li- I've only seen yes, it once. Yes, to be yes, fair, yes. but I liked it less than the first one, probably because the first one is very fast and linear and just a, a really fun ride. And Guardians Two felt a little more bloated. There's a lot more plot going on, more characters to serve. The middle gets kind of slow. I actually didn't think the finale of Guardians Two was that great. I think by comparison, though, I really like the final act. Excuse me, of Kingsman Two. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. I, I maybe it's because I just listened to an interview with Matthew Vaughn. He was kind of talking about making it. The crazy thing is, there were like two more plot lines they cut out, which is insane. Oh wow! I know, I, which is crazy to think. Um, I actually kind of want to go see it again. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I really do want to go watch it again. I think like the more time I, I'm away from it, I'm appreciating it even more. Okay, that's good. But, I mean, I, I think people have asked me is worth seeing. I think if you liked the first one, it is worth seeing the second one. I don't know if you necessarily need to run out of the theaters to go do it. Um, it might be worth seeing an audience just because it is a fun movie to kind of have the energy around you. Yeah. And um, maybe not being able to get up and play, you know, press pause might be nice. But I think it's worth seeing. I don't mm-hmm. know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely would put it on the watch list. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's, I'm, I'm being harsh because I love the first one so much. I do, too. And yeah. this one, like, it's good, but it just it just can't live up to that first one. It was no. just... It, it would be hard to do. And, and also kill the girl immediately. Well, don't spoil it. Sorry. I mean, it's... It's in the first minute. It is kind of in the trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess... Okay, fine. If, for those of you who go to see it, if you're hoping that Roxy's going to make a magical reappearance, she doesn't. But that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean she may <laughs> not come back again. Roxy. Later. I know. That's a little disappointing. Um, maybe I made a little note in there. Just, like, mild Kingsman spoilers. But. Sorry. Whatever. You bastard. <laughs> Giving you more work. Oh, fuck you are. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, so I, I went and saw that. I also went and saw, for the first time ever, the original Blade Runner. That's what I was going to do tonight. Wait, you? I haven't seen it yet. Are you going over the dome? No. I have it on DVD. Oh, okay. I, I went and saw it at the, uh, the Arclight Dome yesterday with some coworkers. Oh. I'd never seen it before. Um, which cut are you watching? Whichever one that's on my shelf. Okay. I guess uh, what I've heard is the final cut is... 
most people say the best cut, and I think it's the cut that is um, feeding into the sequel. Okay. Because, I mean, how much do you know about Blade Runner? Uh, nothing. Okay. 20, 20, like, it's like 2024 or something. No, it's 2019 is the, Damn it. the first one. Okay. Um, maybe we'll have a follow-up conversation on this at some point down the line, because there, there is some stuff with the replicants that I... It, it ends in, like, a question of, like, is it, is it real or not? Okay, okay. Growing okay. up, I always got uh, Blade Runner and Total Recall, like, mixed that's up. That's fair. I can understand why. Okay, so you, so you know that... Cause that's one thing I knew about it, too, was this idea, like, oh, is, is Deckard, Harrison Ford's character, is he a replicant or not? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went in thinking that was going to be part of that cut. The final cut that I watched doesn't have any of that in there really at all. Maybe there's some weird little references that aren't quite explained, but there's definitely not a huge question hanging over of is he one or not. And I think that's the version that they are more or less considering canonical, although the, the writers won't really answer what that is or not. Okay. Just because based off of the trailer for 2049, it doesn't seem like he's a replicant. It seems like he's human. So I don't know which... I don't know if there's like the theatrical, there's the directors, and there's the final, I think, are yes. the main three. I, so. It's been on my shelf for five years. I apologize to my stepbrother for not watching it yet. Okay. He sent it to me freshman year of college. Yeah. I, uh, I've also owned a copy for, I don't know, a good five, six years and never seen it. Yeah. So, But the, uh, those are the two things. I finally went to go see some movies. Yay. I look know, at you. Yeah. It was really fun. Also, have you ever been to the Dome at the Arclight? Yes. It's awesome. It's so cool. I know. I loved it. So, anyways, what do you have to plug? What do I, um, going off of last episode, uh, I finally started Supergirl. How is it? It's not bad. Okay, so you're starting season one, the yes. CBS season. Yeah, I, okay. I since I heard it's not great, I'm I, I found a list of like the key episodes I need to watch. Okay, um, I watched the Livewire episode. Oh, which, how was it? So, so much better. Okay. than the Superman Livewire episode. Is she like a social media influencer instead of a nope, shock jock? Exact same story. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Uh, but she, so the the radio station that she is a shock jock jockey on is owned by Cat. Mm. Grant, yeah, Grant, yeah, Calista um, Flockhart. Who I've heard is great. Yeah, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the story that I wanted, and I, I the 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 story that I tried to explain in the last episode, two episodes ago, they had the the missing piece that I was trying to find. Like she has a reason of being a villain because she's like shitting on Supergirl, but for like the wrong reasons. Okay, she's shitting on her appearance and like. Like, she's not skinny enough. She's not fitting these beauty standards, blah, 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 blah. And so Kat's like, this is, like, like I t- you can do whatever you want, but, like, that's unacceptable yeah. for, like, lady-on-lady lady hate like that. Yeah. Uh, so she fires her. Or mm-hmm. she doesn't fire her. She moves her to be, like, um, the the weather person in the helicopter. Okay. Or not the weather, the traffic person in the helicopter. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so she goes up in the helicopter, thunderstorm. The helicopter starts to go down. Supergirl saves the helicopter as she reaches for her hand. She gets zapped. Live wire. Okay. Uh, All right. So yeah, same that, setup. That feels but better. But now though. she has a motive of being a villain. Yeah. Unlike Which just is, being a dick to be a dick. Yeah. And you see her kind of... The one thing that I, I don't understand is like the jump from using electric powers to just be like, oh, I can just become pure energy. Mm-hmm. Like I wish there was more of a span. In both episodes, they kind of like... It's like immediate. They shock something, and they're like, oh, I get this, and they disappear into technology. Okay. It's a little uh, silly. Yeah, so she, like, accidentally kills someone oh. as she's leaving the the um, hospital. Oh, interesting. And that's when she's like, oh, I can do something with this. Mm-hmm. And that's when she kind of starts her, her 
evil evilness. Right, and then sounds... it's, it's solved the same way. The okay. Water. That sounds pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a big improvement. Yes. It was oh, good. Nice. Uh, yeah. So far, I've, I've been enjoying it. I think I've watched four episodes. Okay. So. It's not bad. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's one I should watch at some point, but I, just, I probably won't. That's kind of how I felt. Like I, I, Since we're still on Superman, I'm not going to watch the Donner films. I know. <laughs> I'm just going to watch Supergirl. No. I mean, I'm going to make you watch the Donner films. Yeah. I know. I'll watch them at some point. No. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do, a, do a thing. Yeah. We'll do a thing with it. So. Um, but yeah. That's how I'm going to plug. Okay. Oh, only one thing. I'm, I'm, you know, I gave you more work on the other thing. I'll, I'll make it easier this way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, it's been a busy week. It, it's only been four days since we recorded the last episode, so I haven't had much time to. Has it? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Sunday. Oh God. Our recording schedule is off sometimes, so yeah, it's it's weird. You, you can tell when I have less to plug that there's been less time. Yeah. We we usually do on the Thursday. Between. Yes. Give, give myself a nice long stretch to wait until Monday night to re- edit. Yep. Uh. Okay. Well. We I did think, it. I think that does it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, we are, of course, at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Gmail, if you really feel inclined. Oh, uh, yeah. We do that sometimes. Yeah, we do that sometimes. Um, I am at Lordifer, where you can go and see very little, because I almost never post on Instagram, and I basically never, ever tweet. So... But nice. Of the two, check out the Instagram. I guess that's slightly, slightly better. Uh, if you want to follow me... Uh, you can see my artwork at Cameron.Dexter. I'll post something eventually. Yep. Uh, and if you want to see my face, you can follow me at CamDexter underscore Adventures. Yeah. We're going to Disneyland this weekend. So going to Disneyland. You guys will be able to see both of us at Disneyland. Yeah. Been grand all time. I haven't been in so long. <laughs> How many days is it now? Like five days? Six days. Six days? Oh, my God. I, know, I was there on Saturday. Okay. Well, so it, it will have been a week. Man, how have you made it? It's been rough, man. I mean, you're, you're already ready. You've got your greetings from Agrabah shirt. You've got your, your classic white Disney hat on. Yep. Wouldn't have any other way. Yeah. All right. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com.